Welcome to Embracing Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Avis Sparks. Thank you for joining us. I pray that something shared blesses you and encourages you in your walk with Christ. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Embracing Abundant Life Podcast. We have been at it for the past three weeks, and we've been talking about the healing series. We've been looking at different topics from the book that I've written, Healing the Body of Christ, Embracing Abundant Life. And we've been having a good time. There've been some tough topics, but we've just been taking our time and seeing what God has for us in each and every one of them, because they are valuable. And what I would like to share with you all is that I have finished the study guide for the book. So but before the end of the week, it will be available on Amazon. So the Healing the Body of Christ study guide will be available this weekend. I'm so happy that that's finally completed. And what I really believe what it'll do is help to enhance your study time and to actually aid those who would like to do small group studies to actually be able to, to come together, have questions and different insightful statements to um, produce discussion. And so the study guide is out, it will be available this weekend. And I would also like to remind you all that we will, um, we have changed the time for our live podcast. We will be going live on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central. So if you missed this last week, that was why we've changed the time. And we're going to continue that for the next five weeks. We're going to be meeting on the Facebook, on the ministerial page at A Spark Men. And we also will be on YouTube. And so just put A Spark Ministries and then you can find the YouTube page and you can watch live there. And then for the audio, we we're still we still have the audio platform. So if you don't want us to do the video or you want to listen to your car while you're working out, you can go to any of the podcast platforms and listen to the audio version of um, the Embracing Abundant Life podcast. And we've just been appreciating those who have been sharing the videos. I appreciate that, sharing the um, time together with others and encouraging others in their walk with Christ. And so we encourage it, share the, um, share the podcast, share the video, and in hopes that it will um, make an impact with others. And the last uh, but not least, um, after we do these discussions, after we talk, we have the after hours Q&A. And so that takes place on the ministerial page on Facebook. So that's at A Spark Men. You can go there and we're going to have our back and forth. You can ask your questions, share your revelations, even ask for prayer. We're here for prayer. So we just come there, come together, have a little small discussion to just kind of enhance of the topic that we've been talking about. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our co-host for this live healing series, my beautiful sister, Andrea Gatewood. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for uh, such a welcoming presentation <laughs> intro. <laughs> uh, so this week, we're talking about agenda. But let me catch all up on what happened last week. Last week, we were discussing the cycle and um, the cycle of humanity and how we're not supposed to stay in a cycle, but we're supposed to be more in a linear motion. And uh, the fact that how sin and pride and all these things can get in the way of the process of us moving forward, 
in a linear motion, moving forward in our walk with Christ, moving forward from uh, in, in healing. And how do we heal? We got to forgive sometimes. We have to, you know, like overcome certain things so that we can accept uh, moving forward. Uh, so again, today we're going to be talking about the agenda and how that looks as, um, how does the agenda look in the healing series? Yes, I think it's so important because um, in the book, for those who, who had a chance to read it, we talk about the perpetuating the struggle. And so that's the agenda of the enemy, right? And then we have, he perpetuates the struggle as we talked about the, the week previous. He opposes our purpose. He opposes what God wants us to do and what God um, is doing in our lives. And so he perpetuates the struggle. That's his agenda. And he wants to encourage us to, feed into that agenda, whether we know it or not. Sometimes we make those choices that have us going in those cycles and that what feeds the struggle. It keeps us from moving forward and growth and, and healing and deliverance. And then we have that other agenda. We have God's agenda. And in the book, you see, it says God's agenda of love. And so we like, when we think about life, you think it's so many different avenues and, and all this, but how can you bring it back to God's main agenda being love. And so as we was wanting to talk about it, see how important it is that the 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 growth and and the high propels us forward on our journey. And so um, when we talk about love, we have to see that how, how the scripture talks about love. It tells us that first God is love, right? He is love and he's continuous continuously calling us to him. So he's what calling us to love. And then when Jesus was talking to the, the guy, he asked him like, what is the main commandment? Like, what would you say would be the main thing I need to be concentrating on if I want to be right with God? And he says, the, the main thing you need to do is you need to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. And so we see that the first thing is our love for him. And he said, the, the second thing you need to think about, and it's not even too far from the first thing, is to love others. And so we see that even Jesus lets us know that the main thing we need to concentrate on is loving God and loving others. And so we say, how does this, what does this have to do with healing? What does it have to do with my, my, my progression in Christ and my healing and, and my growth? Well, the scripture says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things are going to be added. So when we begin to care about what God cares about, he takes care of what we care about. And so that's what this agenda is. It's letting us get to in the frame of mind of saying, what is it that God is caring about? What is he calling me to? And that is love. Um, Andrea, did you have anything you'd like to say before? Well, you know, I was wondering about when, when it comes to the agenda, um, I had, I took a note and I was like the tools for accomplishing the, uh, the agenda. So are there any tools that we could use to help us um, accomplish the agenda? I, I believe that um, we have to see the importance of, of Christ in our relationship when we have that relationship with God, it feeds into empowering us to walk in love. And in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, it tells us that we can do all these things, you know, all these wonderful things. But if love is absent, 
then all these wonderful things don't mean much of anything. And so it is important for us to figure out how do we implement love? And I think the first, um, in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, it just kind of lets you see what love looks like in the everyday. Because we can say love, love, love all the time. But what does that look like in the everyday? It, it looks like us forgiving. It looks like us not thinking the worst of others. It, it, it lines up for us different practical ways for us to show love each and every day to our fellow man. And so I think well, if you want to look at it, I think first. Corinthians 13 chapter gives us a nice little outline to start with. I mean, it's a nice little long list, but it gives you somewhere to start when you say, okay, how do I love? How do I start walking in this agenda? Mm -hmm. So I recently had a conversation and I actually been having this conversation with a couple of people about love and how, um, you know, you were saying we first love God and then uh, as far as commandments, and then we will I'm sorry, I have a, a little assistant um, soprano outside the door. Um, but any, uh, she's fine. Um, but then again, when it comes to love and loving others, and you ask someone, what is it that you love most? And they're like, okay, I love myself. I love God. I love my friends. I love my family. And it's like, but do you really? That was a conversation we were having. But do you really? Because like, um, what does love look like, you know, and, and can you love anybody else before you love yourself? Because if you don't love yourself, more than likely, you're not going to do what's best for you. But, and, and the pattern has been that it's easier to love other people more than we can love ourselves. It's easier to root somebody else on than to root yourself on, uh, to move forward and leap out into, you know, on faith. Um, so I was just wondering, you know, like, is that something that you you struggle with or you had to deal with? Um, and I feel like I know that there's other people that might have to ask themselves that question. Mm -hmm. What do you love and do you really? And how, you know, how do you go about um, moving forward in love? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I think one thing is um, with love, we always think about that that emotional part of it. And that, that is awesome, right? Especially when it's feeling good, the love part is feeling good is awesome. But it's more than uh, a feeling, right? It's actually action as you're talking about. What do we do to show that love? And when it comes to God, Jesus said that you, you love me if you obey me. So obedience is how we show love to God plain and simple. He says, obedience is better than sacrifice. You doing what I asked you to do is better than anything you can come up with, the thing you want to give up, the thing that you say that means so much to you and you want to toss aside. Sometimes he's not asking us to toss that valuable thing aside. He's just saying, make sure you put me first before you put that other thing anywhere else in the lineup. And so when we look, when we look at loving God, is really about us getting to the place where we are truly obedient. And I think that sometimes I was reading this book by Tony Evans and he says that the issue we have is we, with, when it comes with our relationship with God, is we just don't take them seriously. You know, it's like we pick them up and put them down at our leisure. And so he was, he was, he was just emphasizing in his, his book, it's actually about stewardship. 
he was emphasizing in his book, he used the word fear. But when he's talking about fear, he's talking about that reverence. It's like, I actually acknowledge God as God. I see his importance in my life. And so when we get to the place where we actually reverence him, we honor him in our daily lives, we have a, we have a better way of loving him. You know, we get to that place where we react in a way of obedience because we, we give him some clout in our lives. You know, he has, he's not a leisurely passing um, thought thing. He's something that's, he is it. And so I think that that's one thing that even myself, I have to recall and say, did I actually take the time and, and get on my knees and say, Lord, thank you. Did I actually acknowledge him or did I just start my day? You know? And so I think when we get to the place where we're reverencing him, we get to the place where we're actually loving on him, which means being obedient, actually doing what he's calling us to do. Because if we're not listening to him, we don't get the instructions. If we're not reading our word, we're not getting what we're supposed to be doing. So I think when it comes to God, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> it was a pretty long answer to it. I think it gets to the place where we get to us, we're reverencing him and then following that up with obedience. And then when it comes to people, I think you made such a great point about us actually getting to the place where we love ourselves. Cause he says, love others is you, you know, you treat people like you want to be treated. And it's hard to continue to, as they say, draw out of an empty well. And it's just like, if you don't have anything for yourself and what you, the little bit you do have, you're giving it to everybody else, it, it becomes a struggle. It becomes really hard to do. And I think where we get to, where we get to, where we get, we restore ourselves of that well of, of self-confidence and that esteem and that love for each other is we go back to God, honestly. And we see just how much he loves us, just how much he cares for us, just how great and, and, um, worthy he thinks we are he's he's already deemed us worthy i i'm sorry it's a devotional that i wrote about and it's like he's already deemed us worthy he gave his son for us he said you don't have to worry about trying to get worthy he said you're worthy i before you were born i sacrificed my son because i said you are worth it and so you get to that place when you you get to see that god said that you're worth it and you can, hey, the enemy, he's going to tell you all this other stuff. People will tell you all these other different things and say what is or what ain't. You just keep saying what my God says about me. And so when we get to, sell, you said, building ourselves up in the, in the love of God, then we restore ourselves and then we can pour out to others just a little bit more, um, less begrudgingly. Let's put it that way. We're not, it's not so hard up to show a little love for somebody else because we have love for ourselves. So... To continue on from the last uh, last week's discussion, to move forward in a linear motion, we have to stick to the agenda and do the work for the results. Like if you want results, you're going to have to be obedient. You're going to have to have action. Love is not just the emotion. It's actionable things that you have to do. Um, but I was also thinking about something that you asked uh, and it was like, when is there a moment that we shouldn't use love? And, and like, we should look at life and situations. And it was like, I'll, I feel like in a conversation, someone saying, when is there a time that you shouldn't choose love? Like if your child made a bad grade, would you say I wouldn't choose love if your child broke something, you know, so you're in a wreck. And it's just like, I can't give, I can't give a valid explanation or reason to not choose love 
in all, like in most situations. Um, and I feel like in certain situations in my mind, it's like God would have to give me peace so I can learn love, you know, to be mm-hmm. able to extend love. I'm sure other people feel the same way. But um, for you, is there a time that we shouldn't choose love? Or is it is always space to choose love? I think it's, 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 it's like asking, watch this. It's like asking if we should choose God. Because God is love. And so it's like, that's the, that's the question you're asking. Am I going to choose God over this other option? And sometimes we don't realize that, but that's exactly what was in front of us. When we're talking about agenda, it's saying, am I going to choose God over this other thing that's being placed before me? And the reason we have to remember that is because we're not going to move forward. We're not going to go from glory to glory. We're not going to continue to walk in that that journey of healing and deliverance and growth if we stop choosing God, because God is the forward motion. And if we choose anything else, everything is veering us off the path. It's taking us on this cycle towards, honestly, consequence, penalty, dark. I mean, we've all chosen it. You know, we've always chosen something else other than God. It, we thought it was a good, it said good on it, but it wasn't God. And we saw that behind it, 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 it was followed by a lot of um, heartache and bad choices. And so we have to honestly, and I know I'm getting cliches here, good doesn't always mean God. And so when we have to, we have to honestly just take the time and say, what is God asking me to do in this situation. And so I think it's always, always, we should always choose God, which is love. So it's not an instance in which love isn't the answer. And like I said, go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and look at that situation in your life and say, what about love applies to this situation, about to this decision, to this, this relationship? What about love? How can I show love in this particular, what is God calling me to in this particular situation? I think that's um, a beautiful slap in the face. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, you know, there's certain situations, like I'm going to say that somebody extended grace to me when I wasn't extending grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and the example is weeks within each, uh, of these situations were weeks uh, apart. Um, I was at Home Depot, a young woman was driving terribly and she hit my car and I, you know, I didn't yell at her, but it was like, what are you doing? Like, how, how, like, how? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was like, and it was a, you can see me and I'm talking to her and I'm like, trying to figure out like, why in the world did you do this? How? And all this other stuff. And, you know, it, it probably wasn't the most pleasant experience for her. And uh, weeks later, I'm leaving from working out. I'm tired. I, I probably should not have tried to drive off at that moment, but I was bagging up and I bag into a car. And this gentleman comes out of the car and is like, are you okay? I'm fine. Are you okay? The car is fine. Everything's fine. You know, just going about your day. But as long as you're good, you know, go ahead. But if you're not, you know, just relax. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's a, a start different from what, what are you doing? Like, wh- why, how, how? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, and he kind of did the same thing for me. And then it was like, in that moment, 
and just kind of like reflecting is like I could have been like are you okay because that's probably why you hit the car like (laughs) are you okay and it was like he extended love to me when in my wrong Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could have did the same for her but I was it was disbelief and shock for me but I'm sure it was disbelief and shock for him but he still had it in him and he chose love and so like I was inspired by that moment and you know and moving forward I'm going to challenge myself not to respond like the world or what culture says how we're supposed to respond outrage anger fear all these types of things that creep in that everything tells us is normal this is a natural reaction but what if we train ourselves not to react that way. Mm-hmm. I was I, with if you can reflect back to like a small child and the way that they respond to things. Sometimes it's like that didn't scare them. Why would they be scared? Mm-hmm. They had no reason to be scared. Yeah, it's it's the the nature versus nurture type of thing. You can kind of put fear. You can kind of make people think that they have to respond in an angry way to di- uh, different situations. Excuse me, <laughs> different mm-hmm. situations. But honestly, you know, there is another way. There's another option. And you can choose peace and love and happiness and not let everything impact you. So um, I think we have a little saying of like, thank you, you know, for showing me that growth. You know, like, you know, once you figure out, and I I always say this, sometimes you have to figure out what the problem is Mm -hmm. and what's normal. And, you know, one of the earlier lessons, what's normal and then you start from there. You, you continue. Yeah, what is God calling me to? What's that standard? And then let me work towards that standard, you know, because all of us are skewed in some way of our thing. I mean, you said nature versus nurture. We, our nature, our sin nature is there. And then we've been nurtured to, to think certain ways and to, to react certain ways. And so we have to get to the place where we say, what is the standard? You know, it says, they said God, he, he held up a standard and because the enemy is going to come in like a flood, but he gives a standard is held up. The spirit of the Lord is held up and gives us a standard to live by. So when that standard is held up, it gives us something to say, hey, back off. No, I, I'm, I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to stay on God's agenda. And one of the things you, you said is that what we choose. And, and you use that word fear. And I'm, many of us know this scripture. It says, um, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And so it's like, when something happens, okay, the enemy, our emotions, our our, the, our natural reaction offers us fear. But what did God give us in response? He gave us love to use. He gave us a sound mind, which is some self-control and some forethought. He gave us, you know, power. We actually have authority. And um, I was listening to, I like to listen to Joyce Myers and, and she was talking about, and I mean, many of probably heard this is like, it's um, if... Fear, uh, where there's love, you know, it casts out fear, right? So sometimes wherever, whatever we're fearing, whatever that place of dread or whatever, it's like, have you introduced the love of God to that situation in your life? You know, it's like wherever that, that you're second guessing yourself, you have a fear of it, you have, you have anxiety about it have you introduced the love of God? And what I say, what do I mean by that? That's just so elusive. What do I I mean by that? That means 
um, when, when it comes to myself, when I'm doubting myself, when I'm fearing something, do I truly believe that God loves me enough to protect me? Do I truly believe that God loves me enough to, to do what he said he's going to do? If he said, Ava, step out and do this, do I believe he's going to meet me with uh, a, a paver to catch my foot? You know, like, have I introduced love to this situation? And so it's like love casts out fear. And so when we introduce that love, and, and we're still talking about the same thing. We're talking about how do we get healing? And it's through God's love. It's about receiving God's love. It's about giving God's love back out to other people. Because as we walk in God and we're, and we're letting him flow, we talked about this, as we, we, we root ourselves in him and we let him flow through us, we naturally seek you first. We naturally get what we need. And sometimes we get so bogged down on what I, I, I got to get, I got to do, this is, this is, this, this, this. And we forget that obedience when we actually, you know, we make what's priority to God, priority to us, he takes care of the other things. And that's what this, this particular topic is really trying to get us to see is that if we line up with God, if we see God in our situation and say, what, and ask him, what is it that you want me doing? You know, we ask him and then we go about that, that other stuff, he's going to get, what, I'm, what I mean, it doesn't mean that he, everything miraculously happens. No, what he's going to do, he's going to give you the wisdom to work out that thing you've been pondering over. He's going to give you the resource. He's going to give you the opportunities. He's going to open the doors. He's going to give you the strength to study for that test because you're going to have the test. We're going to have to actually do the work, but he's going to give us the strength and the fortitude, the grace to get it done. So it's not like everything is miraculously is going to come to it. No, this, hey, y'all may like me, you may not like me, but I'm going to tell you, Everything that comes out of my mouth is going to probably have something where you have to do something to you have to meet up with God because faith is yes, we believe in God for the utmost, but being faithful is meeting up with what you believe God's going to do or what he's called you to do. And Amen. so we are called to faithfulness in this God agenda. Okay. So it's, it's not just about, okay, he's going to do his part. He's God. He's got his, are you going to do yours? And and that's and we and not only is it what we're doing is what we're rejecting as we, as you talked about some things it's going to be given to us like a hey, fear, anger, resentment, bitterness. Hey, this is mine. I'm going to you know no. What is God is calling me to respond to this situation? Let me use the tools of God. We talked about that last year or last week. I'm sorry. God gives us tools. The enemy's going to offer us some things, and so the scripture tells us. Good overcomes evil. And I sometimes not till honestly, till I got older in life that I really just grab a hold of that scripture because we are offered so many things. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you a chance to talk too much right now. But God, we the world, society, culture gives us so many things, so many different tools to hold on to. But God tells us that good is what's going to overcome all this evil and bad and depraved things that we're dealing with. And when we try to use anything else other than good, we're just adding to the pile. We're not de getting delivered from anything. We're not overcoming anything. We use God's tools and then we overcome. Then we overcome. Um, immediately when you're saying God's tools, um, I thought about the devil has tools too, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you kind of discussed it. Uh, you discussed um, that 
you know, you have the opportunity to use those tools, but we're going to use God's tools. And the reason why it's so important, because it might feel like a shortcut mm-hmm. to use the devil's tool. Um, and I, you were talking about entitlement and all this other stuff. I deserve this. Um, uh, hold on. Did, was that? I don't know if it was actually on here or not, or if it was just a side a part conversation. 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 <laughs> so I'm gonna, I apologize, y'all. I, you know, I can elaborate on it later. But the um, the idea that God, there's the consequence of obedience is mm-hmm. to God versus going. When I say consequences, like you're not gonna have like a punishment for being obedient to God. Uh, but when you look at um, using the tools of the devil, mm-hmm. there are real consequences. And and then I kind of look at it as a bill, a receipt, yeah. or uh, so you're, you're accruing gonna, debt. You're accruing some debt. You got it's a cost to he's it. Gonna, he's he's tallying it up, and he's gonna want he's gonna his when that money when it's due. You know how they, when we were younger, they talk about lies, and then you know, at one point, at some point, you're gonna have to, the the lies are gonna just pile up and fall in your lap, and then you're gonna have to be held account for that. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like when you're using the devil's tool of manipulation or, you know, uh, too much pride and all this other stuff, something's probably gonna fall on the, fall on your head, on your lap, and then you're gonna have to deal with that, and you know possibly fall into a hole and you're going to have to crawl yourself out of it. And it's like, and we've seen through different leaders that when they, how they can fall into that trap uh, because of pride, like pride, uh, when you get into a public space and, you know, and you're leading people, I feel like that's probably like one of the main things that a leader will have to fight against. And is that pride? I mean, just anybody, anybody can just, be vain and pride peer pressure not just pride sometimes it's that pressure of what people expect of you the pressure of what you're supposed to try to get done and so like you said you the pressure so much you want to cut those corners you want to say that tell that story manipulate you know cook those books not actually cook the books but you know make things work out in a way that that favors you or your agenda (laughs) over somebody else's and so it's like it's it's tempting. I'm not saying. Oh, we're yeah. not saying it's not tempting. No, we are. We all like a shortcut, right? I'm not saying. <laughs> but it's not we all like a shortcut. It would be a quick fix. It could be a quick fix. But you got to pay for it later. You're gonna have to pay for it later. We don't know what it's gonna look like, and it's just like so. It's just easier, and um, and I feel like it's so hard for people to accept how easy it it can be walk walking with God. Or less costly. Let's say let's let's use the word less costly. Okay, (laughs) it's not it's not following so many consequences. But yes, in the sense of because because we know that always the good thing is not always the easy thing. So I'm just giving credit to that. The good thing is always the awesome thing. That's the wonderful thing. That's the thing that's gonna bring in the fruit, the The delivery, all the good stuff. But it's not always the easiest thing to pick up. Is not always the easiest thing, but we're, we're encouraging you. We're, we're encouraging you to pick it up because if you say you want it, he said, hey, I'm going to give it to you. But what you have to do, 
You have to stick with my agenda. You have to seek what I'm asking you to seek. You have to put my kingdom, the body of Christ, what I'm trying to get done here on this earth and in in you and through you beyond all this other stuff, all this other stuff I give you. And so one thing when I was thinking about, you know, that, that thing, seek ye the kingdom of God in his righteousness. And as I said, I was um, reading this Tony Evans book and we're going to wrap it up. I know we've been talking for a little bit here, but one of the things that it made me think about is um, when we're looking at the uh, seeking the kingdom of God and this stewardship thing, our responsibility, it's like we're supposed to introduce God into every, that's what it is. I'm introducing God into every aspect of my life. I'm introducing his righteousness into every act aspect of my life. So you say, seek you first. It's like, no, when I'm saying I'm seeking it, I want it to be in each part of my life. I want it to be in my family. I want his righteousness. I want him, his presence to be in my family. I want him in my relationships and my job and my church and my community. And it's like, if you done invited him into everything, and he's the source of all things, how can you not get what you are desiring? How can you not begin to receive the healing, the deliverance of your family, of your of, of your mind? Uh, you know, how can these things not come to you if you're actually seeking, which is me, I'm inviting him into every aspect of my life. So that's what this agenda is. It's actually not just saying what you're doing, but it's like, I'm actually getting God and saying, come here. I want you here. And I want you here. And I want you here. I want you all around. Me. And if it's like, you have mm-hmm. God all around you, how are you not going to receive all the things? And it, it feels good. I know life doesn't always feel good, but just remember that feeling. Remember this thinking, if I got God all around me, if his agenda, his love, his presence is all around me, how can I not succeed? How can I not prosper? How can I not be whole and healed? Yes, it's a process. So what we're saying, we're going to work at it. We're going to keep um, choosing the right things. This is a, th- a daily thing. We have to continue to choose the right thing because the devil every day, he's going to meet up. He's going to meet, he's on his agenda. He's going to meet up at you and he's going to oppose what God's trying to do in your life, what you're trying to do for God. He's going to meet up with you. That's his job. But we have to say every day, I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose God's agenda. I'm going to choose to say, God, I want you here. Get in the morning. Try it. Get up in the morning before you go to bed tonight. God, I want you in my family. I want you in my mind. I want you at my job. I want you in my church. I want you in my community. I want you in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Lord, I need you. And when we get to the place where we focus on him and revite him into everything, there's no way we're not going to see the growth. We're not going to see, begin to feel. Abundant life, Davis. Mm-hmm. How, how can you not gain abundant life if, you see, if you're seeking God first and allowing him to come into every part of your life? Mm-hmm. And I, I, in so many words, I was trying to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I was saying that it was going to be easier and the way that I was, I was looking at it in my walk with God, it's, it's going to be challenging things, things that actually challenge us, but also I, I get comfort hearing God, mm-hmm. receiving confirmation. Makes all Every other, I'm a person that has lived a life of angst 
and anxiety and paranoia. And it's like, and in, in, in living in fear. And in the scariest point of my life, which has been this last year, I found peace. Mm-hmm. I found peace. I, I found deliverance from anxiety. I'm sure it tried to pop up every once in a while, but it's like, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, you got to come back. But I really feel like God has really been walking with me. Uh, and uh, I've been allowing myself because I, I, I always tell people, they always talk about whether they hear God or not or see God and all this other, all these things. It's like, are you listening? Are you putting yourself in a place that you can listen? Are you just, because a lot of people, they try to drown out the spiritual part. And it's just like, I'm just walking. But there's a spiritual walk too. You can be kind, but there's a spiritual side. And we need to also encourage that uh, walk and ask God and actually see it. Like, and actually be looking for God to show up. Mm-hmm. And I, I even tell people when they're challenging God, I was like, challenge them. Like, what is your challenge to God? Mm-hmm. Show me, show me what you can do for me, Lord. Show me. And uh, and every time I've asked someone to do that, and I, I come back and I'm like, hey, so how did that go? Did you go? Did you ask God? And it's like, yeah, he showed me. He showed me who he was. And I was like, I know he would. I know he would. <laughs> and it's like, so all you have to do is continue in that walk and also always remind yourself of the things that he's done. That's a really important thing in your yeah. walk is where when he's done a miracle for you, mm-hmm. you need to be able to put it in the bank and of your memory mm-hmm. and be like, God did this for me here, do this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just, it's so many things that we could talk about. We can go on and on and on yeah. about the agenda because like, we haven't even talked about the debt, like really in depth of the devil's agenda, mm-hmm. but you know, because we're trying to work on moving forward. It's like, there's a lot of the trick of the enemy, but we want to focus on the agenda of God and how to get ourselves aligned. So the important thing is uh, obedience and love, using these tools uh, and remembrance of all the things that he uh, He has done and how he can set us free and how he can bring us forward and how he can heal. But how we how are we going to heal? We're going to accept it. We're going to seek. So I think these things are very important. Avis, you have enlightened uh, you shine a light on a lot of things and uh explain a lot of things and i really hope everybody is absorbing these conversations that we're having and understand that they can be a part of these discussions yeah and, you know and after the hours, after hours q a and and yeah. also while we're going live you know drop in and say something let us know your name where you're from so that we can also just interact with you yeah, because we want to know. We want to. We want to hear from you. We do. Right. And uh, Andrew, already wrapped it up for me, so I, I don't have uh, too hard of a job on wrapping up this episode. But just one thing, and she mentioned it um, before she wrapped it up for us, is God will give you discernment. Yes, the enemy is out there. Yes, he's on his job. But ask God for that discernment. Ask him to identify the enemy in your life so that you can say, uh-uh, no, not this time. I'm choosing God. So these we, we say these words, they are spiritual words, but you are a spiritual person. And so you can use them. <laughs> you got the spirit of God in you. It's not beyond you. It's not, you know, it's not too far out of your reach. 
God is in you if you're a child of his. And so ask him for that discernment, ask him for that wisdom, ask him for that help in walking in love because it's not beyond you because you have the uh, the spirit of God in you. And so you can do it just like everybody else um, who, who have aligned themselves up with him and are planted and rooted in him. So we love you. We appreciate you. And as Andrea encouraged, come and talk with us in the Q&A after our session on the Facebook ministerial page. Next week, we are going to be talking about, what are we talking about next week? We're going to be talking about soul care. We're going to be talking about taking care of that mind, that heart, those emotions, whatever you want to call it. We're going to be talking about that soul care because it's important. As Andrew said, we can give out, we can give out, we can give out. But if we're not, we're not taking care of this. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be stretched thin and we're going to falter. So we're going to be talking about soul care next week. So join us. We appreciate you. As I said, we love you and you all have a blessed week. Andrea. Good night. <laughs>